I'm Chow. I'm Jim. And I'm Kyle from Context, and you're listening to the Kingdom Core Podcast. Everyone, welcome back to the Kingdom Core Podcast. I'm Chris with my co-host Sean. Fuck guys, <laughs> we got a fun episode ahead. Uh, some very deep topics as well. Lots of very lots of uh, theologically rich for yes, sure. We absolutely. interviewed the band Context, uh, who just put out their new EP called Indwelling. I almost said pressure, like uh, like the vocalist <laughs> did, but it is called Indwelling. And it is a fun little EP, four songs. They're a metalcore band. Uh, they're, they start off as like a genty spoken word kind of band, and I feel like they've kind of veered into... Um, Devil Wars Prada sound. <laughs> Devil Wars Prada. Yeah. We talk a lot about Devil Wars Prada in the episode. And so, uh, yeah, like Chris said... Talked, uh, got very deep into the lyrics, talked tons of theology. All three of the band members are in ministry. And so we had a lot of fun talking about what it's like being in a metal band in ministry. What else did we talk about, Chris? We did a deep dive on each track, which was a cool, cool thing that we haven't really done before. Um, just really hearing about the lyrics and then the writing processes and all the collaborations that went into uh, the EP as well. But just before we dive on into this episode, go pick up some sweet Kingdom Core merch at kingdomcoremusic.com forward slash merch and uh, Thank grab you, yourselves a shirt because, I mean, look at this. Looking good. Look, it's you look so good, sick. Chris. I had to grab the yellow one because it was closest to For the Rock. It's a good colors. color on you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, definitely go grab some merch. There's some other options. There's some hats and... Uh, some beanies. But yeah, they, they feel nice. They fit nice. Definitely go and check it out. Thanks. And before we get into it, we are going to continue with our new um, our new tradition of reading a review from the Apple Podcast site before each episode. So if you guys don't know this, we have been reading reviews on Apple Podcasts, you can actually leave like a not just a five star review, but you can write one. So if you guys want You're to, not allowed to leave a four write a star review, review or under, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> we will uh, if we get a one star. I want to read that. <laughs> but if you guys want a review of this podcast featured on it, go ahead and write one, and maybe in a future episode we will read it, as well as it just really helps us out on the algorithm. I have no clue how it works, but I am told that it helps. So go do that, please. Uh, but this one is from someone called Bobino Freeze, and it is titled Tyler 2024. This is also the newest. This is our newest one. So we'll, we'll kind of go back Yes, this is our newest one. review. And this is commenting about episode, what was it, 25 or 26? The 26. All consu- 26. Episode 26, where we did the Kingdom Core Metal Albums Fantasy Draft with the all-consuming podcast. Tyler, or Bobino Freeze, says, I think Tyler from all-consuming podcast has the wit and skill necessary to dictate all things Christian metal. 
That's why he wins the album draft and has the right to claim the presidency for the Christian metalcore. Need to have those guys back on more often to spar about different topics. You all rule. Well, thank <laughs> smiley you. Face, but smiley face, smiley face. Smiley face, smile. Quite a few chins on that smiley face. It's <laughs> quadruple chin, not just a double chin. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, well, thank man. you, Bobino Freeze, for the yes. review. Also, at this point, we've probably made the post... Tyler officially won Tyler, the Tyler draft. Won the draft, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I guess all you have to do to win the draft is just get for today in Sleeping Giant. Doesn't yeah. even matter which album, and you <laughs> just much. automatically win. I was gonna go that route. I just didn't want to be that boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but congratulations, oh, Tyler! You are Congrats, the draft Tyler. champion. Until we love next those time. guys. Gary and Tyler are great. Uh, if you guys don't know the all-consuming podcast, that is another great Christian metal podcast. So go over and listen to that. But with that, you guys have listened to us for far too long before an episode that is also far too long. So here is our interview with context. <laughs> Why don't we start off with introductions? Introduce yourselves. Tell us what you guys do in the band. Thanks, Where you guys are from. My, so my name is Cal. Um play everything um live we've done guitar and drums and uh kyle and i track guitars do programming and all that stuff so. i'm jam uh i do the yelling and screaming stuff and write the lyrics that's about awesome. it that's all i can contribute yeah <laughs> he doesn't do that. he doesn't do much uh i'm kyle i do guitars and bass and a lot of the uh, production and all that kind of stuff Fun. Well, congrats on the release of your new EP, Indwelling. It's finally out. Uh, how How's the reception been so far? It's been a lot better than anything we've put out before. Um, Pressure is already our most streamed song on Spotify. So Rightly so. Been... Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been pretty good so far. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Jam and Chow. Where did the nicknames come from? Yes, please. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> um, first. Uh, thank you. Um, so, my dad is James, uh, which then leaves me also James with uh, much confusion when my mother was yelling out names and all my friends were yelling James and my dad was confused. So, um, my dad is actually the reason Chow and I play music. Um, he played guitar and he was in a band, and so we grew up around that. And so uh, when all my friends and we were starting bands in high school and middle school and stuff like that, when all of our friends were coming around, they just started calling me Jam. Now, Chow gets his name from the movie Monster House. Um, <laughs> so we had watched Monster That's House. A and there's a character, yeah, there's a character in there named uh, Chowder. His full name was Charles, but he was just this goofy um confident kid and he ran around with a cape on and that was exactly how my brother acted when he was a kid and so i started calling him chowder because there's actually a line in the movie where he goes uh names names chowder but the ladies call me charles and uh <laughs> if that's not the easiest line my brother used to say stuff like that and so i started calling him chowder and it just kind of caught on like wildflower and so now uh everyone calls him chowder even his wife at times would call him Chowder. Um, 
but I have deviated from calling him Chowder to calling him anything that starts with a C. So uh, Clancy is his name. Clancy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tom Clancy. The thing about that, though, is my name is Cody, and it's spelled with a K. So my entire life, up until I got the nickname, I was having to correct everybody and say, it's Cody with a K. And then he started calling me this and C names. So it's just a huge regression. Oh, man. (laughs) That's funny. Kyle, you got any uh, food nicknames in the works? No, I I don't have anything. I'm pretty boring. So, (laughs) Hey, you got a pretty cool last name, though. Yeah, I, I've Powers. heard that. My wife doesn't Powers. like it, oddly enough. So <laughs> That's unfortunate. She, says, she chose it. I know. I know. It's it's the one person I've met that's not a fan of my last name, and she married well, me. So that that, oh, that, that speaks a lot to what she thinks of you. So yeah. So there you go. So where, where are you guys from? Because um, two of you are together, and then Kyle's by himself. Are you guys near each other, or are you guys from different parts of the country? We're in separate rooms. They just hate me. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, we're from West Virginia. Um, we had met, met Kyle when he was in college. Um, okay. Okay. Both down higher in ministry, uh, training towards pastoral ministry, and uh, I was leading a small group at the time, and so Kyle kind of came into the group, and I was a small group leader. Um, but he lives in Martinsburg and we live, we actually live in Grafton, but, um, no one knows that name. So Morgantown, West Virginia is the closest WVU. Um, Mm. so that's where, that's where we are. We're about 40 minutes from Morgantown, but we're about three hours apart from each other. Uh, so Mm. Kyle decided Mm. he was going to graduate and leave us, which was the worst decision he's ever made. Thank you. (laughs) Do you guys get together and practice often? Because you guys are out on the road sometimes, eh? You play uh, live, live shows? Yes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> we don't, doesn't mean we practice, but yeah. <laughs> now, we, we try to get together. We try to get together regularly. Not so much to practice, whether it's to, to write or just hang out. Um, yeah. It's, it's been kind of difficult since I graduated because I graduated college and came back down here the end of 2019. So, okay everything went hectic right after that and then just you know jam and chow had kids and i was getting married and so there's been a lot of lot of stuff going on that kind of have prevented us from really diving in and doing stuff with the band but yeah Yeah, sure sure. and so you guys formed or you guys at least dropped your first record heart journal back in 2020 when did the band form tell us a little bit about the history well the band was originally um Man was originally called Gatsby, and uh, it came out of another band that uh, me and Chowder were in called I Killed Medusa. And so uh, Chowder and I had played in that band. We had played in that band all high school um, and then started going out, and we were getting pretty serious early college years. And uh, we were hitting the road. We were on a small little tour, and we recorded a really crappy EP. And uh, um, ICAM was supposed to be a Christian band, and uh, it was not a Christian band at all. I, I was the only Christian in the band at the time. Um, so uh, we ended up leaving the band, and there was a bunch of drama and all that good stuff that is always fun to hear about bands. But that was all present there, and so we left. And um, uh, I, I really felt more of a, a 
calling from the Lord uh, to pursue pastoral ministry. And so I started really digging and investing and started the pastoral ministry track. This about 2013, um, right around that time. And um, uh, Chow wasn't a Christian yet. And so he was still very much interested in playing heavy music and not a Christian at the time, not interested in it. And so I started walking him through uh, by God's grace and his providence, um, got to walk through the gospel of John with him and he became a Christian. And it was, it was by that point where he became a Christian that both of us were kind of on the same page. It's like, well, we like heavy music. We were playing in a band for all of our high school careers. What would it look like for us to write music about Jesus? Um, that is heavy because at the time there was, and to some extent, even I, I don't listen to metal a whole lot, but from what I hear, there is some, um, lyrical deficiency of biblical theology. And so um, our big idea was like, what if we wrote biblically sound lyrics that are real, like something you would see from the Psalms, um, and it was heavy. And so we can engage with a um, all the metalheads that we've been around for the entirety of our lives, basically. And so we had started this uh, band called Gatsby, and the idea of Gatsby was like chasing the American dream. And we kind of wanted to put an end to that idea of the American dream and really um, focus on Jesus as the only hope uh, for salvation. Jesus is the only hope for uh, life and godliness, and uh, he's your ultimate need. And so we had named ourselves Gatsby after the book, and um, it, it never really landed. We had um, different guys in and out of the band multiple times. We Actually, we just re-released uh, As Bold as Lions. And that was originally an EP from Gatsby that we wrote. And so we had done uh, an in-house EP. We were working with a, a friend of ours named Justin Hours and uh, recorded that. And then, yeah, we had members coming in and out. And it, it ultimately looked like it wasn't going to happen anymore. But I think uh, he and I were really much on the same page of like, yeah, Gatsby's probably not going to happen. And that's when we met uh, Kyle. Kyle had started coming to Crossroads, which is the church um, I'm an elder candidate at, and I was a, a pastor trainee at. And um, so Kyle had come in, we started talking to him a little bit, and then Kyle came over to my house, and uh, he sat down with Chow and kind of went through the songs. And if not for Kyle getting in the band and kind of taking it over, uh, context would not be a thing, because um, Chris, like uh, how you run Kingdom Core, Kyle runs context. So um, if not for Kyle doing everything, there would be nothing that we do. Chris, um, you want to tell him? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not going to refute that with... either. So. I I, uh, I do a lot of the podcast stuff, but John is definitely Kingdom Court. That's it. But, <laughs> but I'll I take just... credit for it. No, I... I mean, Chris is fully responsible for this podcast, so that is totally valid. Oh, man. That's good. Uh, That's crazy. So you said that you wanted to play metal music, but you didn't listen to metal music? Where did that desire to play it come from if you don't listen to it? And then where does the inspiration to write it come from if you don't have anything to, like, base it off of? I'm the the black sheep uh, within context, so... um... Yeah, I don't really listen to metal music. I listen to more of like the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack, uh, like the indie rock kind of music. Uh, <laughs> okay, gotcha. 
So uh, that's more my speed. Fallout Boy's new album was awesome. Um, so like, I'm more into that kind of music. Uh, mm-hmm. When we were in IKM, it was your typical metalcore band. And so um, Chow and I, our introduction into metalcore was very much As I Dying and Bless the Fall. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Chow was probably listening to other bands than that. But um, that was, a, oh, hang on. My Alexa is possessed, and it plays Christmas music randomly. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> stop. What is it you always say, GM? We're Christians, so we love Christmas. <laughs> we are Christians. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's just giving you what you want. Mariah Carey randomly telling me what she wants for Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, so I, I don't listen to a lot of metal. Um it, it's really more of uh, Chow and Kyle. Um, and so Kyle you just like to yell? Yeah, I mean, I don't even really like to do that, but I like being with the guys and telling people about Jesus, so I just kind of get behind a mic and do what they tell me to do. <laughs> that's that's cool. awesome. I like, I like, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> um, I, I did it, I did it for, I mean, we legitimately, all of our um, high school career it was band stuff, and we were, um, you know, we were playing anything we could from um, bars with parent chaperones to um, talent shows within cities and stuff like that. And so, like, much of much of our um, young teen life was music. And so I got burnt out on that very quickly. Um, got it. And so, we, I mean, we were constantly playing metal core, that kind of stuff. And I listened to it. I, I don't hate it. I, I enjoy it. Um, I just, if, if I'm listening to something, it's typically like your Scott Pilgrim or it's like, um, jazz or, and not jazz because I'm sophisticated, but just because I like how it sounds, um, or it's Christmas music. Um, my, my family really likes Christmas music, which is, yeah, but that's because we're Christians, Kyle and Christians like Thank Christmas. You. <laughs> <laughs> if, if jam would have had his way, pressure would have been a Christmas song. So, oh yeah, he asked after I sent the first tracks out. He was like, "Can we make this a Christmas song?" And I was like, "No, we're sorry. It's like the we're pressure of one. putting <laughs> snowballs together or something." Yes, yeah. every everything would be a Christmas song if it were up to jam. So maybe we'll get a Christmas album from Context someday. Right, no, Kyle won't let that happen. But you guys yeah. did. Uh, you guys did a Christmas single. Was it this this Christmas? Oh yeah, you guys set? did. That's right. That was a really good track. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. We, the only way we got to do anything Christmas was because we wrote it, not because <laughs> I wanted to do it. Do you guys got another uh, Easter track in the works? Because I mean, the last time you did that, no, we don't at the moment. <laughs> that was the fun one, though. Yeah, yeah. We uh, as of right now, we're not. I mean, we're Kyle and I are always writing, but we're not writing anything for context right now. So, gotcha. We we kind of want to ride this one out. We're, we're we might be uh, trying to play more shows hopefully this summer. Uh, so mm-hmm. we really want to kind of lock in with indwelling um, and as bold as lions. Jam and Chow, you guys talked about your journey into metal. Kyle, I'd love to hear how like you got into heavy music and all of that. Ooh, yeah. So. <laughs> I have a very different backstory. Uh, <laughs> I was homeschooled and grew up in a very Christian household, and my parents pretty much listened to bluegrass 
for like the first <laughs> 10 years of my life. Um, and it wasn't, oddly enough, it wasn't until I was like 10 or 11, um, I heard the Mercy Me Undone album and it just blew my mind, <laughs> which is pretty, pretty crazy where I ended up. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, that it was a quick turn from there. Like I, I went from like Mercy Me to Cutlass to Disciple to Haste the Day, uh, you know, there you go. all the way down to now where I listened to Chelsea Grin and Lorna Shore and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it, it took a quick turn. <laughs> but um yeah I, most of my as far as guitar like playing guitar i played a lot of stuff like disciple growing up um and that's actually how we got connected um because uh, chris the pastor at crossroads is a big disciple fan and saw one of my covers and contacted jam and chow and was like hey this guy likes playing you know wait, heavy wait, Christian what, music. what 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 disciple song was it I think I had initially covered "Oh God Save Us All" Ooh, and okay. Love uh, that one. a couple other ones. Uh, Jam hates that one, but that's fine. <laughs> Jam Jam's not a big disciple fan. Along I'm gonna throw him the under the bus. Yeah, yeah, he's not a fan, but it's all right. We let him be in the band. They were cool guys. Uh, <laughs> I still play with them. I just I... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bless you. Yeah, that... music. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got into heavy music. Um, was, I started off bluegrass for like 10 years. That's all I knew. And as soon as I found something else, I just went as far in the other direction as I could. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Do you guys record everything like in a home studio? It kind of looks like you guys got some stuff behind you and that's that's how you guys do it. Yeah, I, I track a lot of the instruments here. Um, we program drums because we like to cheat. Uh, and then we do all the vocals usually over at Chow's house. Just because we like to get together and kind of work out vocal cadences and, and stuff like that to kind of fit the music best. Yeah, and well, it's funny um, with Jam, like not listening to much music. Do you, as a band, I see a lot of comments, especially with this newer uh, release, like Pressure, when it came out, a lot of people comparing it to a lot of like Devil Wears Prada stuff. Do you, do you know that band, Jam? <laughs> Did you just ask a metalcore vocalist if he knows the Double Wears Prada? I said, sure. I would assume. Yeah, I have tea with them all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know Prada. I, I love right. Prada. So. <laughs> I don't know personally. Okay, sorry. Long, Chris, is, Chris really wants to gatekeep right now. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, less of actually like, oh. Of course you know them, but like you <laughs> listen to them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we um, um we uh I mean we're we're big Prada fans, so we did the uh Prada's, yeah. You guys did, did a mammoth, mammoth cover. cover. Yeah. yeah. Oh right, yes. Yeah, you did. That. And we did the mammoth cover because we were getting a lot of comments that I sounded like Mike. And so uh when we released pressure and we were getting all the Mike comments again. Uh, we were hashtagging each other like Mike, and so <laughs> that's a good movie. That was my uh, working title for pressure. Yeah, we're, I'd say Prada is probably the band's collective favorite band. Yep, love it. Gotcha. It's like love one it. of the few bands all three of us listen to. So. It's, it's the only uh, concert the three of us have gone to together. Mm-hmm. Prada. Yeah, we went to the got hit off their face on that show. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. They, are there any other bands that the collective group of you guys enjoy? All three of you? Thrice? 
Four today. Oh, four today. Yeah. yeah, that's a good combo. I like that. I can definitely really about it. see the the four today. I mean, that's that's kind of got to be in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got we got to see four today. Uh, Chown, I got to see four today. And Prada. It, and Prada at Warp Tour, the last Warp Tour. And oh, wow. uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, musically, great. Like they're awesome. I, I love Warp Today. But the fact that um, Maddie was up there preaching the gospel was mm-hmm. what like made me fall in love with that band. I'd heard him before. I liked him. But I heard him clearly proclaiming the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the need for the entirety of the crowd to know Jesus. And uh, seeing that was like, I want to do that. Even if it's not to thousands of people yeah. like he was doing. I just want to get up in front of people using the platform God has given me within a musical context and just preach. And so that's what we've made it a mission to do. Um, any show we've played, I always have a Bible in hand. And uh, I even open the Bible. A, a lot of Christian bands, you part of our philosophy or thought process is like a lot of Christian bands you go see and they'll never even make a mention of Jesus. Um, and it's just like, you know, they're Christian bands. Um, but I mean, the Bible is very clear. There, We are in a dying world in need of a, of a savior. And Jesus talks about how he's the bread of life in John 6 or uh, in John 4, he gives streams of living water, for example. And it's like, um, we have good news to tell people about. And so uh, while the band is about writing good music that sounds good, uh, first and foremost, it's about telling people about Jesus. And so, you know, we'll go and we might have a 30 minute set and we'll play for 20 and I spend 10 preaching um, and we'll switch back and forth. John and I will switch back and forth on opening the Bible and preaching. Um, so when we got to play at audio feed, for example, I, we got asked to play a second day. And I preached the first day and then Chow got to preach a second day. Um, which was really cool. And it was a Sunday. So he even got to spend time talking about how they need to be involved in a local church if they're Christians and the need for a local church to be growing and maturity in the faith and the necessity Mm -hmm. of that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember or why I got on that, but no, that's good, man. Do you, do you guys, um, when you do like preach that much at a show, do you guys ever get pushed back and like have to deal with, hecklers at all like is any yeah. any cool stories that came out of that like somebody who was doing that and then kind of turned around we uh so we just played um some like uh some dingy bar in martinburg <laughs> and i mean i i i loved it it was awesome it was fun. Uh, like it it felt like there were 15 people there and then you walk back behind the lights and there were I don't even know. It was just crazy how many people it's were pretty there. crowded. Um, but like, uh, the jam was wearing this missional wear shirt, and it, it had like Charles Spurgeon on it with the Santa hat, and he's uh, he's sitting there um, talking about Jesus, and he's like, "Does anyone know uh, a guy named Charles Spurgeon?" I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, "How many of you wear Santa on my hat?" Uh, or on my shirt, and uh, they're, they're like, yeah, that's totally Santa. He's like, this is a guy named Charles Spurgeon. He, he went on to quote Spurgeon. And uh, I so I just that. thought, that, was, that has stuck with me. Like, uh, it's like, no, we don't know. Okay. <laughs> or even, even at that show, we had people leaving, or when we were at yeah. audio feed, both times we, like when we play, people are, seem to be into it. And then when I start mm-hmm. preaching, people start leaving. And it's like mm-hmm. uh, that's okay. <laughs> um, we're we're there. We're 
and I had said I had said at audio feed for example like we're we're not necessarily there to make friends with everyone we're there to tell people about Jesus and the gospel is offensive and so uh, we have made it a mission to have our only offense be the gospel and not the way we interact with uh, anyone. And so we had people come into the merch table or stuff like that, or we had opportunities to pray for people. It's like, um, you know, we want to show them compassion and kindness and all those things um, to show them Christ in our actions that way. But then it, mm-hmm. Christ came preaching, repent, the kingdom of God, uh, kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so uh, we must not shy away from those uncomfortable situations. And so, um, I mean, preaching, no one likes that. Like even Christians, even when I get up there, I have to really, really work through and wrestle through fear of man and fear of like, Mm. um, uh, you know, when we get up, we'll pray and we pray God will give us boldness and confidence in the gospel. And so, you know, we want to make sure Jesus is highly exalted and everyone is very clear about where we stand. Because a lot of times too, like just from our experience and, laying around um, a lot of times Christian bands will be Christian, but like the way they act or even their lyrics, you're always questioning like, are they still Christian? Is that still like, that was a big thing with Kinsry with thrice was like his yeah. lyrical concept was solid. And then the further and further he gets towards the new deconstructing, it's like, Whoa, he's, he's spinning straight up heresy at this point and mm-hmm. teaching things of like universalism. And it's like, um, some bands are, are going, you know, you hear about Under Oath and uh, some bands are just going off the deep end where their lyrical content, you're not even sure. And so it's like, when we're playing um, from the lyrics to the music, we want it to be Christ exalting. We want it to sound good. And then also like, we want to be very clear about even when we're on stage, like this is who Jesus is mm-hmm. and this is why you need to know him. Um, so it, it, it's never popular. Um, but most of the prophets are killed for within your old Testament, they're killed for proclaiming the excellencies of God, um, and calling a people to repent and turn back to God in faith. And so it's like, uh, by the way, I'm not equating myself with the prophet. I'm I'm not doing that, but using that as an example to show careful. (laughs) (laughs) I picked up my stone. (laughs) You are not a prophet. Is that either breather? Yeah. Yeah. False That's a song, false prophet. That's yeah. <laughs> a good GM song. knows metalcore. <laughs> yeah, I do. Check that box off. Metalcore bingo. I wore a black shirt even. That's pretty metal, right? Probably. All of audio feed Most festival jam just kept asking, "Is this metal? <laughs> Is this metal?" <laughs> yes, jam. Yes, jam. <laughs> Your button-up dinosaur shirt is metal. Yeah, my dinosaur button-up shirt and my banana button-up shirt. The banana jam shirt. And button-ups, and I'm like, I just don't look metal enough for this band. (laughs) Why didn't you wear that for this interview? For this? Because I wanted to look metal. (laughs) (laughs) You got a beard. I mean, that pretty much. You you got, uh, what are they called? Gauges, right? Gauges. I do have those, yeah. Yeah. I want to ask. I take them out; they look awful. Oh, (laughs) so all three of you guys are in ministry, right? At your church, do you guys face judgment from people who don't understand heavy music, like in your own churches, or people that you Um, serve alongside with? At Crossroads, no. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, no. I can't speak for Church of Martinsburg. I'll let Kyle do that. But at Crossroads, what's been really sweet is um, every show we've played, I've just, uh, we use Slack for the church communication. And I've, you know, posted Good a Slack. Good old Slack. Asking, That's uh, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of a church using Slack. <laughs> really? No. Oh, my old church used to do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, every show we've played, I've always posted in our Slack asking for prayer and mm-hmm. asking for boldness and clarity and preaching the gospel. Um, and what has been cool is seeing uh, even old saints. Uh, we had an old saint in the church just walk up to uh, walk up to us and tell us, like, he's been praying for us. He gave us money for when we went to audio feed uh, to cover some gas. And so, like, it has been phenomenal seeing um, the church, which is, um, I mean, we have a lot of young families, but then because we're at, in Morgantown, we have a lot of college kids and uh, we have a handful of older saints. But what's been cool is seeing just across the board, uh, men and women seeing the clear mission field that God has called uh, Chow and I to. And um, they've really supported and been behind it. And so, like, uh, for audio feed, for example, we neither Chow nor I were um, there on a Sunday morning. And even just I I had people reaching out to me, letting me know, like, we were missed and they felt it uh, because Chow and I will will do liturgy. And um, I'm off and on with preaching and uh, Chow is leading a band even. So he leads a worship band. And so, uh, you know, we're heavily involved on a Sunday morning from here's what communion is. So let's pray together and those kind of things. And it was cool just to have people reaching out saying, Hey, we missed you today, but we are praying for you while you're away from us, that you would be telling people about Jesus, encouraged in the faith, those kind of things. That's, that's Morgantown. That's crossroads. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, no, same, pretty much the same. It's been really good in Martinsburg. I mean, we've got multiple elders who have walked into church on a Sunday with context sweatshirt on some of them worn it across the world, you know, going to meet missionaries. Um, our worship leaders have been at multiple of our concerts. Uh, our album art for indwelling is actually based off of a member of the church of Martinsburg. Um, so yeah, no, it's been, it's been really supportive all the way around. I'm definitely jealous. <laughs> I, I think I've faced my fair share of judgment from, uh, from people for, uh, for listening to the music, for not really understanding it, but that's really cool. Um, I definitely think the church needs more of that where you may not understand the mission field, but you understand that it is a mission field, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really cool. That's really encouraging to me for sure. Um, speaking of what you just said, Kyle, how the, uh, art for indwelling is based on a, on a saint from your church, you said, could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, uh, well, the album art is first off, we hired some like random guy to make it. Um, <laughs> wasn't the best, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, Chris, uh, created the album art for indwelling. Uh, we were back and forth a lot of times, but I think we got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the album art is based off of a friend of ours, actually. Um, she's been a real, supporter of the band and we just kind of wanted to include her in it um, we had initially planned on like doing an actual photo shoot with everything and just timing didn't work out so we went to went to chris but um yeah the album art itself chris why don't you why don't you explain some of that you know a lot about it <laughs> yeah um it was quite the journey so thank you guys for for coming to me that was just it was so awesome to work with you guys it was kind of an honor to be honest and um, 
yeah, the process, like you guys sent me some photos of her and we did involve some AI in the, in the process, but (laughs) (laughs) we were definitely trying to incorporate um, her likeness into it. But yeah, what you guys were telling me was, you know, like something that would visualize the indwelling of the Holy spirit and Mm. kind of going through uh, trials with like all the darkness kind of coming to, to grab her kind of praying and, and being indwelt with the Holy spirit to be able to power through that. And so I, I really like where it ended up. I know we went through a number of um, options and, and kind of yeah. worked it out. It was, it was a bit of a process, but it was, it was fun. And I, I really like how it came out and I, we've seen so many amazing comments about it. So uh, yeah. thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of that. Uh, thank you really for cool. doing it. Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of response to the album art as well. Um, so I, I'm really glad we went with you to do it. And I think the concept ended up kind of how we were, were seeing it from the beginning. So Awesome. That's sweet. Well, with that, I think that's a perfect segue to get into the EP. Uh, we've got four songs, so I think we have time to do like a track by track if we want to. Um, do you guys want to just, I mean, you touched on it a little bit about like the indwelling of the spirit but i don't know if there's anything more you have to add or you want to add based on like why you chose the title indwelling uh but if there is we could talk about that and then we could go into pressure if you guys want to discuss that you're gonna get a lot of jam (laughs) (laughs) it's all good i like jam i mean peanut peanut butter and jam that's that's... (laughs) um and in dwelling, a lot of the idea comes from, and I've used this concept a whole lot uh, in our lyrics is uh, Romans 7, desire to do what is right, not the ability to carry it out. And then Paul uh, actually says, wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when we're thinking through it, um, lyrically, these are, uh, it started out a lot darker. Um, and uh, Kyle actually had to pull me aside and kind of, refocus me on like, Hey, we need to make sure Jesus is clearly communicated here. And so it's okay that you're, cause I, when I was writing a lot of it, I was struggling through, um, a lot and just going through a lot of, uh, feeling of, uh, hopelessness or, um, you know, wrestling through depression or even through some isolation. And my wife and I were, uh, wrestling through some things together and, um, you know, really trying to um, trying to work through that and, and see the goodness of God of, in, in the midst of all of that. And we were really struggling and it, we weren't struggling because God wasn't good. We were struggling because our eyes were fixated. C.S. Lewis talks about navel gazing where we just, we, we can't look up at God without his grace enabling us to, but we typically, even after he enables us to just stare down at our own navels. And that's very much what her and I were doing. And so, um, uh, you know, when when I was writing the lyrics and we were talking about the um, the name of the album, a lot of it is like we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And Ezekiel 36 or Jeremiah 33 talks about how the Spirit causes us to walk in the rules and the statutes of the Lord. Um, but then also there's this, re- this reality of um, the already not yet, right? So we have already been saved by Jesus' sufficient work on the cross but we have not yet fully been delivered from the domain of dark, darkness. And so like, we're still, we're one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the kingdom of light. And so it's like wrestling through that. And so a lot of indwelling, it's both 
right? It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which the album art is depicting, but then it's also the reality of uh, we are still uh, sojourners and exiles in an unforeign or a foreign land, and uh, we are being um, tempted in many different ways towards sin. And so that was the big idea of the EP of indwelling is working through um, the Christian continuing to be tempted by sin, but recognizing there's hope and there's grace in Christ alone. And the spirit helps us and enables us to uh, walk that out. And so that that's where all of that kind of culminates is, is that. Well, do you guys want to kind of jump into to pressure lyrically and where the themes of that song come from? And musically yeah. too, if you guys want to. <laughs> Talk about all the yeah. Double Wears Prada influence. Yeah, oh. a lot of Prada influence. So you ever heard Prada. of that band Jam? <laughs> oh, I never wrote <laughs> that down. Is that the, uh, that movie Michael Scott watched? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that exactly. Somebody send me our money. Um, um, so pressure is talking about a lot of the. Um, pressure I put on myself. Uh, I'm uh, part-time uh, staff at the church I work at. Um, I am currently an elder candidate. And uh, um, when I was writing pressure, I was coming out of having graduated uh, seminary with my master's of uh, theology. And uh, on top of that, being a dad, being a husband, uh, working two jobs. So I was uh, substituting uh, full-time. And then uh kind of supplementing off and on with uh, the stuff I was doing at the church. Along with uh, during that time, I was also trying to start up a woodworking business and see if I couldn't go full time into woodworking. And uh, so pressure and a lot of the lyrical content is just the the state I was in feeling like uh, I couldn't live up, feeling like I couldn't accomplish everything that I needed to accomplish, uh, feeling like a failure of, as a dad or a husband. Um, feeling like a failure as an employee uh, or a, uh, a man training to be a pastor, feeling like a failure in, in many of those ways. And so uh, pressure is that. And really the hope of the song Pressure comes from Jesus' own words. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. And um, man, it was like, I think it's now two years ago, um, I had taken a sabbatical from the church. And so these lyrics... The, was it last year? Last year, I'd taken a sabbatical from the church um, and needed, I needed a break. My wife needed a break. Um, we were both ready to throw in the towel with uh, me in ministry. And um, mm-hmm. so took a break and had two months off. And honestly, that was where I was at. Uh, her and I spent a whole lot of time uh, just reading the scriptures together and, and praying together. And um, trying to figure out where God is calling us. If he's still calling me towards pastoral ministry, this is the first time about a year ago was the first time that that was really in question. Uh, without a doubt before that, it was like, my wife was hundred percent. You have been called to be a pastor. You need to pursue this. Uh, but we kind of hit a, the fork in the road and I was just doing too much and out of the house too much. And um, that's where we hit and come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. That's really where we landed. And so we took those two months off. We sought pastoral uh, counsel, and uh, and they just they cared for us so well in the midst of that. And then I was able to jump back into uh, my ministry and uh, got some stuff taken off my plate that 
I had just kind of picked up because they needed to be picked up, but uh, I didn't necessarily need to do. And so, man, that, that just relieved a lot of stress. And then I stepped into a full-time teaching job, so I wasn't subbing. And then I kind of put the woodworking on, on the side. And just um, one of the things I was actually just talking with, getting to talk with Kyle about this, one of the things that was helpful in the midst of that, thinking through the lyrics of pressure, is the idea that, um, like, I could be... <clears throat> I could be the greatest pastor in the entirety of the world, or I could be the greatest lead vocalist in the entirety of the world. Um, but there's only one of me that can be the best husband in the world. Like no one else is going to be a better husband to my wife. Like I've been called to be the best husband I can be, mm-hmm. or I've been called to be the best dad I can be. And so that really put into perspective um, my order of priorities. And that's, that's a lot too. You asked about um, if we're writing anything else. And a lot of it is like, um, our families come first and then it's our ministries within the churches. And then it's like, if we get, if we get time, we're going to sit down, we're going to write, we're going to work together. But even then, like if, if intentional discipleship with one another is not happening, usually we just back from music in general. And it's like, we're going to be intentional about praying for each other and things like that. So a lot of pressure is all of that. It's a, it's a huge story, but it's talking about like just the pressures that we tend to put on ourselves. And particularly I was putting on myself without realizing um, Christ has me exactly where he needs me to be and exactly where, rather than needs, exactly where he wants me to be. Mm. And so um, that was beneficial and helpful for me to see that. And so that's why we wrote Pressure. Um, That's from a lyrical perspective. I was the one that wrote the uh, music. Well, to bounce off of that, Pressure was the first song we picked for this EP. So we had, you know, kind of some, some, scratch tracks written and some, you know, starts, I guess, the beginning of lyrics written and pressure was the first one. And that was where, you know, jam was in a pretty dark place, uh, I would say. And that's where we kind of took that idea and said, Hey, we need to end this with hope in Christ. Um, and that's kind of where the whole idea for indwelling came from was, was that song, um, where it started. But yeah, um, musically, I actually wrote that song, the end of, 21, I think 21 or 22. No, it was just end 22, 21. So yeah. the, uh, Z two album from Prada had just come out. Um, <laughs> I had pretty that. much <laughs> never listened to anything, but that album after it came out. And, uh, it's so good. I, I had been writing on the seven string, which is what we wrote all of kingdoms on. And I just couldn't come up with anything. And so I picked up a six string and, you know, just started riffing around and it sounded like Prada. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I named the project <laughs> Like Mike, funny enough, um, and sent it off to the guys and they loved it. And we kind of said, hey, let's let's write like this now and see what happens. So, again, that was kind of yeah. the catalyst for all of Indwelling was we wrote this song and said, this is where we're going now. Yeah, and that's a cool switch. I feel like not not many bands musically will switch from being a seven or eight string and go down back to kind of a more standard uh, yeah. size guitar. So that, that that's a cool thing. I kind of want to go back and listen for that change. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of our, well, all of part journal was on a seven kingdoms jumped between a seven and an eight string. Um, and another reason for that change was because we actually started playing live after Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And, and Chow can attest to this, like 
having two or three guitars and like six different tunings, you know, it was just, it got really, really cumbersome to try to play anything live. Because when we were writing Kingdoms and, and Heart Journal, we had no intentions of playing out as a band. It was just going to be, you know, we record this for fun. We'll put some music out. So, you know, we had layers and layers and layers of clean guitars and quad track rhythm guitars and bass stuff and drums that we really can't play. And <laughs> so, you know, it, it was a bit much. And so going into this one after we had, you know, played a couple shows, that was another thing. Let's stick with one tuning. Let's have one guitar. Let's have, you know, let's kind of strip this down a little bit as far as, you know, layers and everything to kind of make this a little more live friendly. Yeah, you would need like a, one of those full time guitar tech guys on the side of the stage oh, ringing yeah. out your guitar. Yeah. Each, like, each song. Yeah. <laughs> audio Tossing feed you a new had... guitar while you toss him your old one. <laughs> yeah, audio feed festival. I had three different guitars and I think five tunings. Wow! Oh, wow! It, okay. was, yeah. it was and to fit that so in like pain. twenty minutes of yeah, of like, yeah, that's crazy. what from and like five when, songs. <laughs> when Chow preaches in front of your pedal board. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't tune, or you thought you did, and you tuned wrong. You go to play a lead for Atlas, and you're like, that is not right. He's, uh, like, pressing so. things with his feet as he walks by. <laughs> yeah. So that definitely happened, our second set, and I went to play the lead, and I was like, that is... Mm -mm. I blame Chow, but no. Well, so uh, a lot of that also came from... Um, so I wrote uh, As Bold as Lions with mm. uh, the guy we recorded it with, and we were talking at the end of Kingdoms um, after we had played uh, we, we had played a show, and yeah. we're like, okay, um, if like if it's just weird because uh, I I play drums and I had played drums for our old band and was planning to play drums even though I wrote all the guitars and stuff for as well as Lions. Uh, I was like. I really want that live feel. Like we could, we could do the backtrack drums and all that. Um, so Kyle and I were just like throwing back guitars, like, like here's my seven string, here's his eight string, um, and then even talking about uh, what do we do? We need backups. There's like just more money, like just being thrown <laughs> out. Um, and I, I, there was a desire for me um, uh, to go back and re-record as bold as lions. Um, just because, like they, uh, like that's kind of the style I, I'm into is like this, like real raw hardcore kind of like kind of sound. Um, so we were talking about that for a while actually after we put out Kingdoms, um, and it was actually it was right before we put out As Bold as Lions that we started working on the Redux issue, um, yeah. and like we had we had all come together at one time um and i was like here's his bold designs like this is like like it would it would sound pretty pretty big if we recorded it now with all of our stuff um so let's do that and then i i was riffing around and and we're like hey we actually really like that sound um so like we had kind of wrote some scratch songs together uh when we were together and then um kind of like based off of pressure as bold as lions, um, and it's just like this is so much easier to play a six string, and like it doesn't have to be all nice and tight and pristine. Um, yeah. And I can just th like I've got three six strings, 
that we could just throw around, you know? Um, so that's kind of more about how we even got to playing live and uh, how we got to the sound of pressure and blowing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing about that, guys. Uh, what about Debt? That's the second track on the the EP. Real quick, it's hard for us all to keep up with names because I have a working title for the song when I write the music. <laughs> and then we've got a working title for the lyrics. And sometimes that title changes. And then last minute we change the name of the song before it comes out. Track two. <laughs> yeah. The second one. We'll so I, I can see the wheels turning in Jam's head. He's going, what song is that? No, thank you, Kyle. I have the lyrics pulled up right You're here. Welcome, so, um, <laughs> no, Dead has fallen in the same, uh, in the same category with uh, Pressure, and it's coming off of that same period of just where my heart was. Yeah. I mean, you see within the Psalms with David and how David struggles through and wrestles through, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's at war against Saul and then he's at war against his son Absalom. And um, I mean, you even have Psalms where he is recognizing his sin against God for um, the Bathsheba incidents and killing uh, her husband. And so seeing the, uh, the authenticity of David within the Psalms was um, uh, pretty helpful for me when I was writing lyrically. Uh, with being where we were at. And so as I started writing, um, finishing up pressure and then writing debt, uh, the same idea, right? The, the lyric starts out with, I feel like I'm falling and every step I take, I lose my balance. And it's just this, um, at the time it felt like I just, I couldn't do anything correctly. And so it'd be like, I'm finally getting back into the swing of it. I have joy again in reading the scriptures. I, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying being in prayer and, and in communion with the Lord and uh, being with the saints on, on Sundays or throughout the week. And uh, then it'd be like, oh, but I've sinned in this way or I, I, I suck at this again. And so um, it, it was that constant back and forth. Again, you've got the foot in the kingdom of darkness and the foot in the kingdom of light. Mm -hmm. And um, where is your hope at that point as, as a Christian was the big question I started asking. It's like, where is my hope at? Like, um, if Christianity is only ever about uh, doing the right thing and being morally upright, it's like, well, none of us have hope. Then. We're all hopeless. And that's actually mm -hmm. the, the, the majority of Jesus's ministry when he's not preaching about himself being the Messiah. He's rebuking people who think that um, following God is all about obedience to the just for the sake of obedience. Do the right things just because they're the right things. And he actually gets at the heart behind it. And so um, what's the hope in the midst of failing time and time again and sinning time and time again? It's, it's Jesus. It's the fact that even though I am going to sin against my Lord and Savior, uh, he willingly uh, took on the cross. He knew that I would do that, and he came to it, right? Philippians 2, for example, talks about how Jesus empties himself, taking on the form of a servant, how he's humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. And it's like, well, death on the cross was uh, considered a curse in the Old Testament, and yet Jesus bore that curse. And so it's like, well, my hope in the midst of me failing, the, my hope in the midst of sin is not, well, I just need to do better. My hope is the fact that Jesus came and did better. And my hope is that one day Jesus will come again. And so the big idea of hope, like I just found so much comfort in the Psalms, which is why much of that song is just quoting Psalms. And... Um, 
you know, uh, recognizing Jesus as the rock and the shield of my faith or um, recognizing that even in the midst of um, constant sin or struggle or suffering, it's like, well, Jesus is there the entirety of the time. And he's actually purposing that suffering for my good. And so um, my job as a follower of the way is figuring out how is Jesus purposing that for my good. And sometimes we see it in the middle of it. Sometimes we don't. It's the hindsight. And that's just like, uh, you know, with pressure and that whole story there, it's like we didn't see how Jesus was actually working those things for our good. Mm -hmm. It's like now a year later, it's like, oh, praise God that he brought us through that. (laughs) Because if he did not bring us through that, we would not be where we're at today. Um, and that's just, that's a lot of debt even. And that, I mean, that's how the whole album is going to flow too. It's just like where my heart's at, how God is working through it and, and seeing in the midst of that, his goodness, his kindness, his mercy for me. Uh, it even gets to the end of like, when you finally return, I will catch my breath. Every tear will be gone. There's victory over death. Though we don't understand, though we don't see now, these trials and suffering sufferings are not meaningless that's like Mm. um that's what we got to build our hope the fact that none of it is meaningless john piper talks about that all the time like Mm -hmm. if if you want good theology on suffering go listen to john piper because he (laughs) is on suffering and um i mean that's just that's going to help you out so much and that 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 helped me out it's awesome was it piper who said don't waste your suffering is that him oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Didn't you quote that in another one of our songs, Jim? Wasn't that uh, in, yes. uh, Psalm 126, or is that the Hosea one? Uh, it's one of them. But, yeah. uh, oh, wait, it was, it was Psalm 126. Yeah. And I, yes, that was taken from a sermon I had preached from Psalm 126. With that, let's go into Abound, track three. Also featuring... Peter Intercessor. of the Intercessor. Yes. I want to hear more about that story. Which Kyle has on his shirt. Ripping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that was the Incredibles. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's actually, that'd be pretty sweet, honestly. <laughs> they need a red uh, one. Yeah. They should probably change their logo so they don't get sued. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Abound is, is hitting off of that uh, idea. So once we've, once we've uh, reached an understanding of our our trials, our suffering, they're not meaningless. Um, we can really rest in the grace of the Lord. And so it's mm-hmm. if we're only mm-hmm. ever looking at the trial and the suffering, and it's like, uh, well, this is it. This is all there is. And we're just supposed to live this horrible, meaningless life, and then we die. That's the, the nihilistic, atheist perspective. If, if that's all, we're, uh, all we have hope in is like we live and we die, it's like, well, then that's a that's – a, a, a pointless and a sad life. And yet uh, abound is talking about the fact that once we have reached our understanding of Christ is working out suffering in our lives for our own good. It's the apostle Paul, where he talks about the thorn in his flesh and how his suffering is actually beneficial for others. Um, abound is really focusing on that aspect is like, um, you know, we tend to look at our good works or our good deeds, or it's like, I'm reading my Bible really well, or I'm praying really well, or I go to church. And it's like, we tend to look at those things as if it is the status, like it's our status with God. Because we've done these things, we are in good standing with God. And that's why the song starts out with like the empty picture frames and commemorating empty, all the trophies that we can't take. It's it's the, the parable of um, Jesus where he talks about uh, how you can't take anything with you and, uh, you know, you bury your treasure, but... 
you're not going to be able to re, uh, remove or return with that. Moth and rust will destroy it. Um, so looking for the world to satisfy in the midst of sin and suffering, like that was very much where I was at. Like the idea of um, I'm going to come home and I'm going to turn off my brain and I'm just going to binge on Netflix or I'm going to watch YouTube the entire time or like, um, and, and I found myself being there so often and it would be like, well, I'm listening to something and I'm learning something. And so that's good. Or, um, so it was just the more and more I was going through what I was going through, the more and more I found I was, uh, persuaded to go in towards other things that were not Jesus when Jesus was the solution the entirety of the time. And so, um, you have the chorus, which is literally just screaming grace. And it's because, uh, we are in complete and total need of Jesus's grace. Uh, there's a real danger creeping into churches where it's like, we're going to graduate from the gospel. And so we'll teach moralistic therapeutic, um, sermons where it's like, you just be the best you, you can be live the best life you can live or the, uh, horrendous Joel Osteen of, uh, your best life now kind of stuff. And it's like, um, well, that's actually not biblical, and uh, uh, you can't graduate from the gospel. Christians mm-hmm. cannot graduate from the gospel. If, if we're growing bored hearing about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, that is actually a wake-up call for the Christian to actually evaluate where's our heart at, uh, because Christianity is not about doing the right things. It's about the fact that Jesus came because we couldn't. And so uh, we're daily in need of Jesus' grace and his mercy that he supplies to us which is then why you get like um, the different references of uh, nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling from the uh, the hymn or um, uh, this is a Spurgeon quote or credited to be Spurgeon. The, I was just uh, going to read that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against your grace. Um, it's like uh, Spurgeon had a right understanding if that really is Spurgeon that said that of the fact that it's like in the midst of that suffering, we're actually being thrown against Jesus and need for his mercy daily. And so Christians' lives should be marked by daily coming to the feet of Jesus, looking up and seeing what he's done on the cross and asking him, please supply me with the mercy and grace I need for the day. And so that's the big, uh, big idea with abound. And that's why then when you get at the very end of uh, the song, you can't have the mercy and grace of Jesus if you are still clinging to your sin. And so if we're clinging to our sin, thinking to ourselves, well, I'll just bring this with me, or um, I teach fourth grade, and uh, my fourth graders were actually making the, uh, the argument the other day that someone could uh, live however they wanted to, and then at the end of their life, they can just say, well, Jesus, forgive me. And it's like, well, Jesus wants the entirety of himself. And so it's like, if you've been told the gospel, if you've heard the gospel and you've rejected it, uh, you're essentially living out what Jesus said which is, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. Uh, you are uh, fundamentally denying the good news of the gospel. And then it's just, uh, I don't know who says it, but I've heard the term fire insurance. It's like, uh, well, at the end of my life, I'm just going to say, please forgive me, Jesus, uh, and everything's going to be okay. And it's like, well, no, Jesus came calling us to repent because he had a sufficient supply of mercy and grace for us. But we cannot cash in on that mercy and grace without repentance. And uh, you can get into the biblical themes with that too. Like faith is always accompanying with uh, repentance. And so the need for both is mutual, but that's why the song goes there. It's like, we need his grace. And so how do we receive it? How do we interact with this? Like, well, we need to repent. We need to turn from the things that are keeping us from Christ. We need to deny the sin that is uh, telling us false things about who God is. 
and about his world and reality. Like we need to remove those things from us so we can live in light of who Jesus is and what he has done in his reality. And so that's, that's a bound. How is it like your guys's relationship with Peter and the, the intercessor band and getting him involved with this? Yeah. Uh, we had a pretty big list, I guess, for potential features. Um, but Intercessor's been kind of the top for us since we finished up Kingdoms. I think we were we were working through Kingdoms when they dropped their Sola yeah. EP. Um, and Jam immediately communicated. He's like, this is awesome. We got to get these that guys EP on a song. so good. For those it's of you listening who have not EP. heard Sola by Intercessor, stop listening yes. to this and go listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great EP. Um, and, you know, they had started following our page and commented that they liked kingdoms when we released it. And we did the same for them. And we're just kind of back and forth every once in a while. Um, I talked to Chris, I probably will butcher his last name, so I'm not going to say it. Um, every once in a while, just about gear, random, you know, guitar nerd stuff. Um, and so, yeah, naturally when it came to picking a feature for this, we hit them up and they were more than willing. They, I think they all actually got together as a band and helped, uh, track that so it was pretty cool. Oh, that's really said cool. They were moshing around the room when it was happening. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then with that, then the final track on the album, Hope, has a feature from um, Keebler. from Keebler from uh, yes. Collapse Revive. Talk a little bit about that, and then we could get into the lyric side of that. Yeah, so getting Daniel on the song. Um, I hadn't really heard, I mean, I'd heard of Collapse Revive because we we were probably on a compilation from For the Rock with them, I think, a while back. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd heard their stuff, um, but it wasn't until Dry Bones came out that I really latched on to Love it. Love that song. Because um, the production was phenomenal. And, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a killer song. Um, so basically since then, I've been listening to their new stuff, um, and it's really, really good, and I you know, threw out the idea to Jam and Chow, hey, I think we should have this guy on on one of our songs. I think his voice would, would go well with some of the new stuff. And we hit him up, and again, he was more than willing. He sat down and did it in the afternoon, so. Sweet. Yeah. And then so getting into the lyrics, I love how you guys, how there's like some darkness on the album. You're going through these struggles, these trials, and then at the end, there is literally hope <laughs> at the very end of it. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, every every song's been trying to bring in the aspect of hope, right? Right. Uh, it's okay to feel how you're feeling, but um, very much for me, like, uh, just because I was feeling that way does not mean uh, my feelings determine what is reality. And so um, you know, I can feel those ways and it's okay that I feel those ways, but I need to take those feelings and kind of um, confront them with the scriptures and see, well, is God really like this? Uh, does he really love me? And does he really care for me? And so when you get into um, the last song by this point, it's, it's worked through that pressure I was feeling. It's worked through that, um, I can never live up and I can't be good enough idea. It's come into the idea of, well, I just need to rest and live in the grace of Jesus. And so what do I need to turn from? And, and how, how can I see Jesus is more glorious than I have been? And then finally, it's like, okay, there is repentance here. There's genuine love and affection for Christ. Uh, first and foremost, because he loved us first, we can love him. And um, so 
as a result of that, then you get into hope and uh, hope just really resting on um, the person and the work of Jesus. Um, you know, without uh, the person and work of Jesus, we would be, uh, what does Paul say? We would be, a, oh man, ah, Chow knows what I'm talking about. And you call Miserable. yourself a pastor. Ah, <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, we most be most be pitied. Yeah, if if not for Jesus's death, a life, death, and resurrection, we'd be most be pitied. That's First mm. Corinthians. Yeah, um, and so uh, it, it just it felt appropriate to end the album with uh, a complete and total focus, and almost returning back to the lyrical content that we cranked out cranked out with um, kingdoms. Right. So kingdoms mm-hmm. was. Um, extremely like here's a verse let's sing about the verse as to where indwelling became more of a um here's what i'm uh going through and as i'm going through it what are some scriptures that helped me through it um here at the end of it with hope it's like we're gonna we're gonna really spend some time in the psalms and talk about how uh jesus has come right psalm 25 the triumphant king and so it's like there's hope because Jesus is that triumphant king. He has defeated sin. He has defeated death. He has ransomed the people for himself. His uh, sacrifice is fully sufficient to cleanse you of all your sin. Um, it is by faith through grace and him alone that you can be saved. And so you don't have to feel the pressures of the world anymore because Jesus actually offers to take those off of you. Um, and you don't have to feel like you have to be enough because Jesus actually comes because you weren't enough. And he mm-hmm. is enough because of that. He's enough for you. And then, uh, you know, when you get into uh, the need for repentance, a lot of times the the church is taught in America that repentance is just feeling really bad. But the word itself quite literally means to turn from. And so it's like, well, mm-hmm. we can turn from our sin because the spirit enables us to walk in the rules and the ways of the Lord. But not only can we turn from our sin, but we're turning to Christ in the midst of that. And so it's, um, uh, you know, hope is like, here's the pinnacle of who we're turning to. And here's everything he's done. And uh, let's praise him and worship him, which is why you get in the end of the song. It's like I'd come to a complete and total uh, end of that, like uh, depression and just darkness that I was feeling. And then at the end, it's like, no, this is real. And my feelings have not been living in light of reality. Um, and so uh, you come to the end of the song, give me Jesus or give me death, because without you, I'm without hope. And that was my cry. That was my prayer. It's like, this is quite literally uh, what I need. I need Jesus. And so uh, I don't want to continue living as if he's not here. He's not helping me. Uh, he's not with me. Like, I want to live with him with me and, and think about that. And and function in that way and so it was a very much a wake-up call for me i I really like how at the end of uh, each song in the lyrics you guys added all the the scripture references throughout and that's it's always nice to see see bands doing that and then you can actually even just cross-reference all that stuff Mm -hmm. and kind of see where they Mm -hmm. got the inspiration from yeah yeah Yeah, that's part of our hope we want people to study the scriptures and so it's like um it's, it's great if you're listening to our music and you find hope. And uh, I haven't heard any stories about it. I'd love to hear it if, if it's happened. But it's like, yeah, you, if you listen to our songs and you hear the gospel and you become a Christian, it's like, that's great. Um, but what we are singing, though, though it is um, sometimes we're singing scripture, uh, not everything we're saying or screaming is scripture, right? And so it's like we have um, 
we have been influenced by the scriptures in such a way where it's like, we want you to go back to the source of where we're getting our material. And so it's like, you can take our word for it with what we're singing, but also the scriptures are, are kind of here as like the first and primary means to which you need to actually be digging in and, and, and working through that. And so it's like, if you're a Christian struggling and you hear the song and it helps you great, but you're going to find more help in the scriptures. Or if you just become a Christian and it's like, the song helped you. It's great, but you're going to find more hope in the scriptures. Um, and so that's that's really why we're doing that. When we played audio feed, like we had a QR code even of lyrics. And we've been very intentional about that, too, because we want people to see the lyrics. We want them to understand. Because, uh, I mean, if you don't listen to metal, you're going to have a hard time listening or understanding the lyrical content. And even if you do, sometimes you have a hard time. And so we just want to be very forthright. It's like we got lyrics. Go check them out. And guess what? There's a bunch of scripture. You should go spend some time in the scriptures and, and read those. That's really cool. And that, in that same vein is why we've put out a lyric video for each song, you know, because we share it with coworkers or people that, you know, Jam and Chow are teaching at school and just having a lyric video to go along with listening to this. We've had a lot of response to that, just saying, Hey, this is awesome because now I can actually understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's been very intentional with the, the scriptures and the lyrics and the lyric videos to point everybody back to scripture. That's great. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking us through that. I think we're probably at about time when you say Chris, uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been a Thanks joy to have us. you guys on. Uh, love hearing your guys' heart uh, for the gospel uh, in full display in this episode. Uh, hearing you guys, it was fun. Kind of, we never really do like a song by song by song thing, so it was kind of fun doing a little uh, really digging into all four songs on the EP. So thank you for taking us on that journey with you guys. Um, any parting words, any links you guys want to put there, any uh, cool things happening in the context camp uh, that you want to plug before we uh, say goodbye? I'll say a quick thank you to Ben for the music video. I wanted yes. to point that out for pressure, but yeah, thanks, Ben. He did that for free. He just wanted to get Wait, some was experience. that Ben Dixon? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no yes. kidding. Oh, wow, he yes. killed it. I didn't know he did that. Yeah. That's so sweet. He, ben actually lives just over an hour away from me, so he oh, came down cool. and we went to. We actually shot it in the basement of uh, Crossroads Church. Oh and no, kidding! Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was a good day full of a lot of Advil and Tylenol <laughs> and all the, all the good things. So sweet. Yeah, Pastor Rob. Uh, thank you, Pastor Rob, for yeah. uh, featuring that music video. It just helped us out a lot. Really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Chris, for doing the album art, dude. We appreciate You're welcome. You. Thank you, guys. I, I don't think there's a lot else. going on with the uh, context. We just released the album. We want to play shows in the summer. We're just kind of sitting around waiting <laughs> to yeah. see if that's going to happen. Um, We've got a van for it. We have a van for it. Uh, so anyone, anyone wants us to come play for it. Hit us up. We'll come and preach without a doubt. So if you don't want us yes. to preach, don't invite us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we've been upfront about that though when we get shows yeah. like when we we played this uh as what do you say dingy bar show in in martinsburg oh, it was so uh it was, it was so awesome dope. it was awesome the show was called the 12 sins of christmas though and so they invited <laughs> us on and i was like look you know what we are we're gonna preach and they're like yeah it's fine come on in so yeah yeah, you're Christian. You love Christmas us. music, so it's exactly <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Only... Uh, we just saw pressure. 
So uh, if you are uh, liking... We dropped in dwelling, Jim. The whole oh, thing. dang it. <laughs> the Pressure Music video, though. Go check that out. Yeah. Go you check that it. out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not metal enough for this. No. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we thank you so much. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jam, Chow, and Kyle for coming on to the Kingdom Core podcast. That is it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We can't thank you all enough for your continued listenership. Or if you're a new new listener, welcome to the Kingdom Core podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review and have a chance at having it read here on the podcast uh, in the near future. We're, we're going to go through those so many good ones to come up sometime soon here. We want to give a big shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, Fabian Richter, Daniel Harding, Steve Mikulowski, Anthony Kuchma, Frankie Blocker, Aaron Peter, and our true fan supporters, the Dead Pedal Coffee Company. Uh, all of you are awesome, as well as our other Patreon supporters as well on the lower tiers. Uh, we'll probably just give everybody a shout out soon here in the near future. But uh, some of you guys, some of you have invested a lot into this podcast and hopefully throughout this year uh, we'll make some better use of those investments. So thank you all so much. Uh, stay tuned. we got some awesome stuff coming up in the near future. We're really excited to share with you. And until then, God bless. Peace and we will see you all soon.